new podcast. Get ready, come boys. I'm taking you to come town. I love the name of their podcast. It's Nick, uh, Adam, and Stavros. Stavros is on the pod. The first time I ever... It's not all of them. It's just Stavros, by the way. Uh, I would love to get all the cum boys in here and really have like a real cum celebration. Uh, first time I ever heard the name of their podcast, I fucking giggled and was like, I'm in. I'm in. I don't even know what it's about. I'm in. And their podcast is awesome. It is three dudes hanging out. It's on Patreon, and they are murdering it on Patreon. It's them just hanging out bullshitting. It's like listening to friends. It's what a great podcast should be. It's just, just bull. Like you feel like you're a fly on the wall. And uh, I have met Stavros a number of times uh not a couple times i did radio with them in tampa we talk about that i shouldn't be itching my eye right now we did radio in tampa we talk about that i was partying he was with bobby he regularly tours with bobby kelly his podcast is called come town he's from baltimore he grew up in greek town in baltimore his parents we talk about all this on the podcast his parents are authentic greek we talk about the greek hall of famers in our country we talk about him not having a tooth we talk about him losing his hair and keeping that look and and really leaning into it, not shaving it off. He is uh he is a funny dude. I want to do a podcast with him in person. Like I really do because he just makes me giggle. He's great energy. He's a fantastic comic. And like I said, go on YouTube, find some of their come town videos. It's it's they're fucking hilarious. They really are. And I was lucky to have him on the podcast. Uh without further ado, Stavros Halkius. This is the Cast. Hey. How we doing? <laughs> good, brother. How you doing? Good, man. Good to see you. I, uh, I'm obsessed with your hair right now. Oh, dude. Thank you. I would love to talk in detail about my hair journey. It's, it's, I, I <laughs> can I tell you, I, I, so I, you know, I'm losing my hair. I've been losing my hair forever. I've been using Rogaine for, since I was 21 years old. Yeah. And, uh. And my wife's like, I really think you're, I like, I like your hair. So Tom and I got offered to get hair transplants, right? Whoa, get the fuck yeah. out of here. Company, <laughs> company hit us up and was like, yeah, we'll do both you guys. Holy off. shit. So I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see the yeah. fucking jerry curl. I want you, you to go all balls out, dude. I was going to go, I was going to go John Mayer, like full fucking head of hair. <laughs> Just the fucking <laughs> Pantene <laughs> Pro V commercial. Yeah. But then, but then I, I looked at like, and my wife's like, don't do it. I like your hair the way it is. It's not like a full head of hair, but it's, she goes, it's cute. It's who you are. Right. This morning, I'm, I wake up at like four in the morning and I'm get online and I'm going through your, your Instagram. You have a picture. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if I saw this on your Instagram. You have a picture of the back of your head. Yeah. Your hair. And it looks fucking awesome. Dude, the and crown. I, it's the yeah. king. Every king must have a crown. That's how I see it. And that's that's God bestowing a crown on my head. Dude, it looks cool. That's the thing is like I I I think I did it by accident the best way you could. Right. Because when I was like 20, it started to go a little bit like it was thinning. It was still whatever. But it, I, I was getting away with, you know, you comb it the right way. You know, in your days before Rogaine, I'm sure you're, you're familiar with that. You yeah. just got it. Just the right fucking, you know, uh, smoke and mirrors. And I just said, fuck it. I'm going to go buzz cut. I'm going to be a buzz cut guy while I still have hair so that I can make the transition to just fully bald seamlessly. Right. Which I think was the way to go. It was like a cool thing. I was the only guy with a shaved head when you're like 20. No one really does that. Everyone's hanging on to their hair. And now I'm 32 
Now everyone's like, oh, I have to fucking it's triage. I have to I have to save I have to save a face and, and shave and buzz my head. And it looks forced, right? Everyone knows what's happening. Everyone's seen your little dumb receding hairline haircuts that they've been doing for years. It's like a timeline where they see it, and then the baldness is a defeat for them, right? And yeah. now there's no 32-year-olds that are just like, fuck it, baby, we're going all the way out. And so I think it is I now I've completely flipped and I love my hair. And I, I, unless I had like Fabio, like the exact thickest possible there is, unless I had 10 star, you know, 10 out of 10 hair, I don't fucking want it. I want this look. I think it looks hilarious. I want, and I'm going by the way, Bert, can I tell you the goal is full pony, full bald pony. Oh, I love it. We are not stopping, bro. We're going bald motherfucking. I had the one good thing about, uh, about, um, about uh, uh, a quarantine for me was I just decided my vision board was like, I know what I'm going to look like. I'm going to come out of this fucking thing and I'm going to have big arms. I'm going to have little titties and I'm going to have a fucking, I'm going to be rocking Hawaiian's bald pony. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get pegged on like a, on a, on a hammock. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to go all out. The look, the vision was always going to be Tony Soprano, like in witness protection at Margaritaville. That's what I want when I'm coming out of this. You know what I mean? So I'm fucking thrilled, dude. I, when I was a kid growing up in Florida, when you saw a guy with like, with like good balding hair, but long, like long Hulk Hogan balding hair, yes, yeah, it was yeah. so fucking cool. And, and, <laughs> and, and you're, and you're, I, I love when you have a mustache, straight mustache yeah, on you is such man. a fucking strong look. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You know, you talk, we talk like people talk, I, I, I get lit up a lot for like, uh, some by, uh, fat people for like posi- body positivity, you know? Yeah, for but sure. like I, I, but I, it was never. I never my intention. Did I ever? I got to be honest with you. That poster right there, yeah. like when that was on, that was on uh, Melrose. It was a billboard, and Netflix sent it to me, and I was like, I don't look good. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, yeah but yeah. yeah, but it's funny, and I was like, yeah, but I, but I look bad. Like I actually, that's a bad <laughs> angle. <laughs> right, and right, they're like, right. yeah, that's what makes it good. And and I was. I was like, really? And Leanne saw it. My wife saw it. And she goes, oh, it's fucking great. Yeah. And that billboard got so much attention because it was just my belly. And it was, I, I had no, no intention of any body positivity or any of that. Right. And then all of a sudden it showed up. And then today I'm looking, I'm cruising your Instagram. I've, I've been following you for a long time yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. For a long time. And I'm just like, God damn it, man. He, he looks good. Like, it, but it's not like. It's like solid. Does that make no, sense? Like I know it, what you're it, saying. I know what you're saying. It's like, um, yeah, I definitely, I started my Instagram kind of as a joke. I mean, I've been doing this since like, this is like six years ago. It was like, the joke was like, oh, I'm going to show how like ridiculous and like how Instagram culture is dumb. Cause it's like, I'm going to do the things that like a hot girl will do. Right. Yeah. And that we all accept as, as like, um, fine when they do it because like in advertisements we've all seen and it's like oh yeah just some hot half naked girl with like a burger that's like normal i'm just like what i'm gonna show is by being just a fat guy who's naked it's absurd you put me in those same situations it's absurd and like you know i look funny but then it just grew into like it's not a joke it's like i also have been like like I'm peaking at 32. You know what I mean? Like I am the most confident I've ever been in my life where it's like, I'm not really doing it as a bit. It's like, yeah, dude, it's like, I look good. It's like, it's yeah. I, you don't need to be like jacked. I'm out there. 
I'm I'm uh, you know, I'm out there. I'm trying to get as much pussy as possible. I've learned <laughs> that there are plenty of women that like just want a big fat dude who believes in himself to just yeah. like manhandle them. I understand that I'm a lot of girls types and I just have the belief in like I'm going to be I got a couple. My hair looks awesome. Every every weakness has become a strength. Is that's, what I've a, learned. that's that's what you know what I you've, mean. You've Tai chi You've taken exactly. That, like, it's all mental gymnastics. It's it's judo. What it is is like, yeah, you try and use being fat against me. Bam, bitch. I'm flipping you, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you try and take my hair away. It's like we're going bald pony. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with your little dumb fucking, you know, these guys that are trying to hide. You're doing a comb over motherfucker. I'm I'm letting girls rub the bald spot. That's what I'm yeah. doing while you're over here, like, you know, trying to save face. So, yeah, man, it's been it's been a very it's been a journey through that. Like, you know, you kind of started as a bit. Then it becomes like and you know, what's funny, Bert. And I'm sure people have, have said this to you, too, even though you definitely, like you said, weren't even trying to do it at all. A lot of like a lot of husky boys will be like bro, that literally helps me. Like it feels yeah. it's nice to see. And that was never my intention, but I'm like, hell yeah, yeah dude. Right? Cause it's like, yeah, that's the other thing we don't realize. Like so many people want to fuck. If you're, if anyone in the world, there are thousands of people that want to fuck you. You don't know it yet. It feels like not because look, more people don't than do. Let's be honest with almost everyone, <laughs> with almost everyone, more people are going to pass. And and you can get caught up in the millions of people that don't want to fuck you. But there's thousands out there, even if you're a fucking train wreck by, you know, traditional beauty standards. There's tens of thousands of people that want to suck you off. And your job <laughs> is to be that guy and appeal to them and be just do the best marketing for who you are. That's there is somebody you're somebody. Even if you're like a mess, you're somebody's type. And you've got to be the best version of you that exists. Why not lean in to your strengths? Why not that that by the way, that is such a glass half full mentality to look at life. And I think I think I spent so much of my like I was never a good looking skinny guy. Like I'm not saying like I'm not saying you I'm a, a good looking kid, overweight you know, I've guy. Seen the, I've I've seen the TBTs. Yeah, you're a cute kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? I uh, but it's so funny. I always wanted to have sex with what was out of my league. I think what right, I, I right, always right. wanted. I, I was always a fascinated or stuck on the fact that of the of the tens of thousands that didn't want to fuck me that was right I, right right that, it's the same as if i was telling this someone the other day if you if i do a show and there's one girl on the front with her oh, arms dude. folded that's yeah. why i focus on the entire time of course of course and so i think i've been and then all of a sudden you find what wants you and then why wouldn't you lean into those strengths? Like, why those, that's you? who matters. That's who matters. There's going to be there's the people that like you, you need to do something to the people that want you. And it's like, and think about them. They're your audience. That's so now my, my Instagram has shifted from, I'm not really doing a bid. I'm not doing like, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I know, it right? is over the top, but the, the, the focus has shifted to what would I, what's a picture I would send a girl that I want to fuck. And every single Instagram post, even if there's a joke in there, even whatever, even if it's a touching little picture of me with like my mom or my family, it's like my audience is someone who I want to find me sexually desirable, basically. And it's like yeah. you just whether that's a thirst trap or that's like you looking like a cute, you know, dressed up in a little cardigan, you know, whether it's wholesome or not. It's like my and like, oh, what would a girl that wants to fuck me want to see in this situation? You know what I mean? And that's honestly, I've become very happy training my sights on that first and foremost yeah it's uh it's it's so funny because I, I was showing it to my wife and my wife just doesn't like sometimes she she doesn't get certain things <laughs> yeah yeah 
where she's just like, wait, what is this? What I like, <laughs> like, is he, is he gay? And I was like, baby. Oh, dude. I can't tell you how many times that's happened where it's like, um, they, somebody wanted to book me book. Um, so I do a podcast with Sam Morell. I do a basketball pod. And then I do, uh, another podcast come town. That's like just me. Uh, and we're going to definitely, we're going to definitely talk about come town. Just we're fucking around and it became yeah. like a huge thing. And, and yeah, we say some fucking off the wall, wild shit. But I remember a venue wanted to book us and they were like, look, we know you, some of your content is offensive, but, you know, you being an out and proud gay man, we think really helps like balance it out. And I was like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not gay. And they're like, you're not. And they were just like so embarrassed that it was they thought they're like, oh, they're good. They're going to be ridiculous, but they have a gay guy in the mix. I can't tell you. And my DMs are like, it's like half. Like just, you know, half girls will hop in there. I mean, mostly it's, let me, don't get me wrong. Mostly it's fans <laughs> trying to riff, which yeah. is, you know, it's like, if there's a filter, if it's, I will pay Instagram $1 million to filter out attempted riffs. I can't tell you how much I would mortgage my entire family's future to well, not have I, to read those. I would rather have attempted riffs than what I get. I get my DMs hateful hurtful comments that they think are funny jokes because yeah. when tom does it it's right, hilarious right. Oh, but when they do it yeah you fat fucking alcoholic who's probably gonna die and never see his kids get married <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you're like i get it. I, that i guess i get those two for a same a similar dynamic between you and tom with me and nick it's God. like they think they can say the stuff your friends say to each other it's like no i know him i know he doesn't want me to die you're a guy i've never met <laughs> who, who might who literally yeah. might not be that bummed if i die like i don't so i don't know you but it's like it's half that and then but the the horny ones are like either like you know girls which is great thank you gals keep sending those in we'll deal with there's a cue right now but we're getting to them thank you ladies uh but the other half is like just straight up like pakistani men that like are like you know they're like oh god will show me bob but you know like the way they just like like foreigners that are just like begging to have like are like please show penis and i'm just like it's like it's my 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 venn diagram for sexual desirability and then you know some cute gay boys thank you fellas i appreciate it who knows keep playing your cards right cat who knows when you, you might catch me in the right zone but yeah it's it's i'm i'm right down the middle in terms of desirability I wonder why, like, I I wonder why, and I, I wonder if this is, I, I, like, I genuinely wonder if this is offensive, but, like, why, why do I find homosexuality so fun? Like, Dude, it's, it's, it's a topic mean. that I love because I, because there are guys I grew up with that are 40 year old men, like grown men yeah. who don't find it funny and think it's, and like, and are, and are still probably for all intents and purposes, homophobic. Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. don't find a get and and then you have other friends like where i like tom and i just the idea that that homophobia the the, the idea that people are homophobic is almost mind-blowing i mean that's two bears funny, one two bears right? one cave was based off of tom and i saying if we were gay what would our lifestyle be like uh, what would we do the best and, are you kidding me we laughed and giggled and then and then at one point went on a vacation together and had so much fun. And then on the flight, high on edibles, drunk, thought, if we were gay, this is how much fun it would be. <laughs> this would be our life. This like. would be a blast, dude. Like, <laughs> And then we started like combining our bank accounts and we're like, yeah. we would be fucking made of cash. <laughs> dude, believe me, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I My roommate right now is my best friend from college. And it's like, we essentially live like, 
uh, a gay couple. It's like we had, don't have families. And it's like we've taken vacations together. Like we're both Greek. So it's like when we were broke, we would go to Greece and stay with our families. And yeah. like and we've done that like four, like before, you know, we've done that like four times. And it's like, why don't our families think we've like slept in the same bed to save money? And it's like, no, that's how you funny Europeans are. It's like, that's not gay. Like in if, if America, if you're like, you know, if I go to Miami to visit a, a, my uncle and I'm sleeping in the same bed as my friend, they're like, oh, yeah, you're definitely gay. But no, you're well, absolutely right. It's like that. The lifestyle would be great. It's a shame that, you know, we want to fuck women because it would just be like it would be the easiest funnest you know just hanging out with your boys you know sucking each other off playing oh, some I, I, I used to say i was burdened with heterosexuality yeah like I, like <laughs> now the, there are like, some negative sure you know we get we get a, you know certainly you know getting uh but i gotta say white white cis man still would be the best gay guy to be let's be if we're talking about oh, yeah. positions in society we'd be pretty good it would be harder than being uh straight but most other people have it worse. You know what I, I mean, mean? Tim Dillon really is probably the most powerful gay man I've ever met because, <laughs> because, because he, he, like he, 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 like he, he doesn't deny who he is, but I think bros go like, I think bros like Rogan fans are like, see, that's the kind of gay guy you got to right. be like, He's don't bring mythical. it up. Don't bring it up. Just hang out. You can fuck dudes on your own. Don't, yeah, don't bring yeah, it up yeah. in my face. Yeah. But you can you can take a guy out for uh, you know, a, a shellfish tower and then suck him off in the back of your limousine. <laughs> but I don't want to see it. You know what I mean? That's that's how they look I, at it. I'm the guy that wants to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what your outfits were like. I want to know, know what brand of, of poppers you're doing. I yeah. want to know it all. <laughs> Dude, I've thought about that, too, because it's never not funny to me to just like pretend to be gay like you know what i mean just be like yeah. oh can i suck you like just knock on my roommate's door and be like hey can i suck your dick real fast good for a laugh for you know and it's stupid it's the dumbest thing of all time let's be doing the math it's probably homophobic on some level it's like oh we <laughs> see it as so ridiculous that it's funny you know what i mean but yeah. it's it's the most benevolent kind of homophobia. You know what I mean? I, would I wouldn't say, be offended like, if, if I if, if I was listening to a podcast and two gay guys were like, yeah, like, sometimes I like to knock on my gay friend's door and go, hey, you want to go get some pussy tonight? Yeah. And then they laugh hysterically. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, yeah. Can you imagine if that was our lives? And you're like. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Hey, smell my finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gay guys trying to be straight is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. They nail oh. they, they They completely, you know, nail us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it just is. And, but also part of the humor is in like, it's so funny to think about a guy that is homophobic. Like, what do you yeah. mean? You're like, that was my move in college, freshman year of college. I would find like the, the guys who had just moved from like, you know, I, I grew up in Baltimore. And so I went to, I went to school right outside of Baltimore. It was the only place I get a scholarship. And so it was like this, you know, it was not a great school. So we just got a lot of like different segments of maryland basically and so there's like a farm boy like you know the eastern shore there's like you know conservative parts of maryland everybody thinks about like baltimore and shit but there's a big there's a big like conservative like you know rural area there and i would just fuck with all those guys and be like i would literally go up and be like you guys trying to fucking give each other a head and they would <laughs> and these guys would be like what the fuck are you talking about dude i would and it's like that's fucked up get the fuck out and i'm like how is this your response you yeah. like th it disgust you that much or they would do like this. I would show gay porn to them on my phone. 
You know what I mean? Or like on my laptop, I guess at the time I didn't even have a, a, a smartphone and they would do this performative like, ew, it's like, bro, what? Come on. It's not yeah. that. I mean, it, it's like you can look away real fast. You know what I mean? When I'm surprised with, uh, you know, a, a porn, I'm not I'm not like, whoa, like, whoa, awesome or anything. But like, I'm not going to pretend I'm like they pretend they're like, oh, like heaving. And it's like there's something else going on here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying everyone who's like that is homophobic, but, or is secretly gay. I think that's also like too simplistic of a thing. I think they probably were taught to hate gay people to a cartoonish level, but it's just like, that's that to me, when I do a, like a joke like that, on some level, I'm mocking that guy. I'm mocking yeah. the guy that thinks it's disgusting to be gay. It's not disgusting. It's fucking it's it's hilarious that you think it's that disgusting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it is it is kind of you know, especially when you talk like, you know, Tom and I have have this thing where we can't. We were like, gay guys must give each other the best birthday presents because yeah. you really know what the person wants. <laughs> and then Tom got me a birthday present, and and it was fucking awesome. It was yeah. awesome. It was better than anything my wife had ever given me. And I said, let's get each other birthday presents every year on our birthdays. <laughs> and we'll overspend what the guy last year bought. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. I'll tell you what I'm going to get him. Halston, if you can just bleep the audio of this or something, but leave it in. Because I, I think by the time this airs, he will have gotten his birthday present. Okay, nice. I'm spending $15,000 and I'm <laughs> getting him a jet ski. <laughs> holy fuck that's incredible the one with that the best engine the fuck, it seats three so he can take his sons out so he can take his sons out because he's moving to a lake and i was like his wife would never get him that and not he wouldn't get close. it for himself he, he'll yeah. get himself a boat but he's not gonna yeah. get one of those and sometimes you don't want to put the boat in the water you just want to take your son out for or like the jet ski yeah going. yeah and so that's fucking wild bro and so that but is, like yeah the escalation there is unbelievable i mean what is it how does it end you know what well, I mean? He's got to like, spend. He's got to spend more than that on me, my birthday next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the other thing that we're hitting on here is like it would be awesome to be gay. It's also just cool to have become rich off comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's like that's that's another uh, excellent little little fucking tidbit of, about like our lives where it's like yeah, it's cool. We we'd be happy gay, but we'd also we get to just live the stupidest like peter pan lifestyle there is you know oh, what I, I mean? it's, Where it's I, like <laughs> I, I when i first found come town i was i didn't know it was you guys i just saw oh, the wow. name i just yeah. saw the name and i went oh i'm this i'm gonna like this yeah yeah like <laughs> anyone who gets anyone who names their podcast that yeah and then i found it was you guys and i think the first one i listened to this is i think this if i'm not mistaken this is before you guys were on patreon exclusively yeah, we started. Yeah, we we had like a little run for a few months, like four or five months, where we were just doing them, you know, for free. And then, and 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 I want to say you guys had uh, a kid. I love, I love this kid, Brandon Wardell. Oh yeah, yeah, Wardell, absolutely. Me, me and Wardell go all the way back to. Oh, I mean, is he? Is he? He's from DC, DC. right? DC. Yeah, we started. Wait, wait, I mean, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I don't know if we met that that time, but the first time I saw you, I saw you live at the Improv. Back in the open mic days, I think Wardell was either opening or he was doing like a guest spot and he like got us in. And back then it's like, you know, you're doing open mics. You want to go and see whenever a good comic comes around town. You're like, I need to see every like headliner that comes through 
Cause I was, I mean, that's how I, I was like a fucking comedy nerd. I was just like oh, in the clubs too. trying to sneak in. And so I remember that. I remember seeing you at the improv at this point, probably like, I don't know, eight years ago, something like that. Seven years ago. Must have been. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Wardell, me and Wardell started doing open mics. It. Like I've known Brand since he was, I want to say 18 or 17, maybe even. Uh, so yeah, no, that's, that makes that. total sense. Cause I didn't know how you guys, I didn't realize until you just said that I went, Oh yeah, that's right. He's from DC. That kid made me laugh on such he made he made matt fultron laugh harder than anyone alive <laughs> and he made me laugh he had this story he uh, this is like my i love people like this and, yeah. and, I, and i argue that people like this inherently become successful um is people that march to the beat of their own drum and don't know they're doing things that are upsetting people yes he, he one of my favorite brandon wardell stories i is think he, i know exactly the one you're talking about and i think it involves a plate of tortilla chips Yes, it does. <laughs> please, please tell it though. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Wardell's working with Neil Brennan. Now, Neil Brennan grew up in a house of fucking 13 siblings. Yeah. He's yeah. the youngest. He got all, he got nothing was his own. A, it was a war zone. It was like, he was, was like living, he was zone. like in Syria, essentially. He grew up in Syria, in Irish Syria. Um, yeah, and so and they still fight. Him and his brothers still fight. They're yeah. grown men, and they right. fight on podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, so Neil gets Brandon's opening for Neil, and he gets Neil gets himself nachos. Neil's vegan and very you know kind of persnickety about what he eats. He gets nachos, and the nachos show up, and Neil's like, "Oh, awesome!" Like getting ready to take a bite, and Brandon just goes in and grabs one and eats it. <laughs> And yeah, he goes, the fuck are you doing? And he goes, <laughs> Brandon just looks at him and goes, nachos are communal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking God. And yeah, I could not. The I, I, I would I would pay like a legit amount of money to see the look on Neil's face. Oh, my God. Some fucking asshole, some 18 year old little fucking prick who's like, you know, just in D.C. You're like you're getting you're, you're got to do an hour. He has no idea how hard it is to like fucking yeah. like how much like how the toll it takes to travel. This kid has been like just his whole life has been so easy. And he's in there. He's about to do seven minutes. And before his set, he needs to fuel up on your nachos that you've been thinking about for like the whole nachos. day. And then not only to not apologize and be, but to like double that. The that's the other part because it's like, listen, I have I I I opened for Bobby Kelly for years. That's my guy. I love him. Yeah. I have been scolded over how quickly I've taken an appetizer before, you know. But I say, you know what, Bobby, you're right. I got let my gluttony get ahead of me. Please, you get the first fucking uh, jalapeno popper or whatever it is. But Brandon, Brandon's just like, oh no, uh, I'm actually in the right here. You can go fuck yourself. It's insane. It's an insane response, and it shows you that. He came up, he came from the exact opposite place in the world as yeah. Neil. Like he's like, he's had a great family. I mean, Brandon's family are some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. He's had an upbringing he doesn't deserve. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're, like you're like, Brandon, you don't, you shouldn't get, you You don't deserve parents this nice, you fucking piece of shit. These people are like, you go in there, there's like, you know, the best, one of those like cartoonishly stocked, like uh, the every snack you could ever ask for, like, you know, but five different types of cereals, a bunch of different sodas. We're talking oh. like fresh leftovers. They'll offer to make you an omelet 
You know what I mean? Like just we like like it's a hotel, like we're at a casino buffet. His dad is just like, how would you like your omelet? And it's just like too, too kind. And they built up too much of a belief in their son to the point where it led to hilarious moments, like telling the headliner that his food is for the opener. and not even apologizing as as soon as he said that i said i love this kid i love this kid i love this kid and then i and then i saw him i saw him he was i think he was on doug loves movies or something and i was like oh i'm glad he's doing stuff and then i saw his name come up and it was on come town and i started giggling and i went i i don't need to know anything else about this podcast other than i love it like and i and i and i just i didn't even realize it was you guys until you guys went on to patreon I man listen like a couple episodes yeah just going like and it was like the the casualness of it is it was it's a very laid-back podcast and you guys do something that i think sometimes me and i i, I actually listened this morning i listened to a bunch of stuff on on youtube and yeah. i was like man you guys have such a chillness about it that you know each other that like when you guys take apart movies or take apart a, a, a celebrity or 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 talk about having the celebrity on your show or whatever that it may be it it you allow yourselves to be in the moment and really whittle everything apart whereas sometimes yeah. i i feel like i very much so when i do and I, I actually well i'm going to try to correct this when i'm with tom i sometimes will bulldoze the bit and then uh, and then bail out of it, you know? Right, yeah. Well, dude, I think, well, first of all, I do think you guys do a great job of like, I think the appeal for our show and I think the most successful podcast is like, it's truly friends hanging out is really what it comes down to. And like your shows are like every, all the different shit that you do, like whether it's like you, you know, you like your crew from like Rogan, where it's like you guys, when you would do the like Sober October stuff and then you and Tom's like that whole offshoot of all their shows, it's like the magic is in like friends just chilling. And it's like as comedians for us, it's hard to be like, oh, we just got to be funny 24 7 but it's like people just kind of like people that legitimately like each other who are really funny behaving in natural like the way that they naturally would and i think that's our show it's like it happened that way because dude i i thought the thing was gonna i was like oh we'll do fucking seven episodes this was like this was like six years ago when you remember when everyone was like oh podcasts are done everyone was like yeah marin did it like that's over like I was, I even was like, who gives a fuck? Like I was, you know, I was making like, you know, barely eking out a living, like opening on the road, featuring on the road and like doing like some writing for online websites and shit. And, and it was Mullen's idea to his credit. And I was just like, but the casualness is from us always being like, this will never work. This show fucking sucks. And on some level, every time I do it, I'm like, this could be the last one. And I, who fucking cares? You know what I mean? And I think, I think that's the like, the almost the secret to it is that like we we don't really give a fuck we're never gonna try hard and it's gotten to the point where if we like sat down and like tried to do an outline or some shit it would be weird it would be like oh what the fuck are these guys doing this is not the same vibe and so yeah man it's it's uh it's it it just does you just kind of stumble onto something and i do think that like what people really like is it's almost your comedy. Uh, the way I've started to look at it is like it's separate almost from podcasting, you know, yeah. where it's like it's important to be really funny. And it's like without you can't help it. Like, you know, it's like if you're if you've thought about stand up, if you have thought about comedy your whole life, you're going to be, you know, pretty funny. And it's like in riffing situations. Um, it, but 
it's just it's really just about being true to whatever the fuck the vibe is. And that's why I mean, Two Bears, One Cave is totally like that. It's like when it's like when you guys are just like it's like it's it's those guys on vacation that like on some level wish they could fucking abandon their wives and go to a cabana together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're like you guys are doing so looking at magic to turn yourselves gay. You know, there's nine percent of you that's <laughs> like the imagine the life me and Tom could live in San Juan. You know what I mean? <laughs> Birdcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. In May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and throughout June, Birdcast is proud to join the cause of destigmatizing therapy. If you're struggling with relationships or having difficulty sleeping or difficulty meeting your goals, if you're feeling anxious or stressed, I know I definitely have been, <laughs> BetterHelp counselors can listen and help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed therapy professional, your own licensed professional. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. Is professional counseling done securely online? Therapists have a broad range of expertise and may not be locally available in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. Log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor, and you can schedule weekly videos, phone, or even live chat sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed, which is super important. It's more affordable than traditional online counseling and, tradi and financial aid is available. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Our listeners to the BirdCast get 10% off their first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash Bert. Trust me, if you feel like you're in the need of therapy, I am in therapy. This is a great place to go. That is betterhelp.com slash Bert. I've been married for 18 years. When was the last time I tried something new in the bedroom? It's been a while. Leanne's not a big improv partner. She's not a big yes and kind of person. The last thing we did adventurous, honestly, is she stripped teeth toward me. No one's going to, she's going to hate this read. Here's what you need to know. This podcast is brought to you by Cake. Cake is a sex brand on a mission to help the world have more fun sex. I am all fucking for this. The company Cake is the only sexual wellness company that is made by sex lovers for sex lovers so that you can love having sex no matter how you do it. Cake's founder is gay. Gay people always have the best sex. <laughs> and couldn't find great products that didn't make you feel awkward as fuck buying them. So he created his own. I want to meet this guy. By the way, I bet this guy looks a lot like me. They've got something for everyone, no matter who you are, no matter how you fuck, no matter who you fuck, no matter what you, what you, who you fuck, what you fuck. I mean, well, whatever, whatever. I don't care. Cake's designed to help you try new things in the bedroom. And let's, so let's get weird. Each and every product was created by Cake. I want to fucking really explore this and see if this shit, because uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm into shit that I sometimes, this is turning into a fucking I'm into shit sometimes that I would be uncomfortable sharing with Leanne because I'm like, hey, you know, I thought maybe we could try this. And Leanne's so quick, like, why? And you're like, uh, I don't know. One time I was like, hey, can I tie you up? And she's like, no. <laughs> she goes, why would you want to do it? <laughs> They've got organic aloe. Ooh, which is the best. See, we use aloe. The best or lube. The best lube for your vagina. It's natural, it's organic, and it's designed for a pH balance. Wonder what it tastes like. Lubes, I, I, I found out uh, edible condoms. I was like, who the fuck's eating? It was for blowjobs. I didn't understand that. 
I was like, I thought it was like fruit, fruit roll-ups when I first, okay. Toys, how about toys? <laughs> this is turning into a, I'm gonna, I'm going hard as fuck. When I get home from Serbia, I'm going hard as fuck in, into cake. Plus, best of all, your enjoyment is guaranteed. Cake is so certain, so dedicated to making products that will actually improve your sex life that if you are not totally picking up what cake is putting down, you can send it back to them and they will refund you 100%. I hope they throw those products away and don't recycle them. They should have a product thing just where you go, uh, I'll take the second one, I don't care, just clean it up, throw it into the dishwasher. Uh, just order online, very discreet. You have a new and more enjoyable sex life to discreetly ship to your door. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm in Serbia. When I get home, I am caking the fuck up. So what are you waiting for? Make sex more fun and easy with cake. Visit hellocake.com and enter the promo code BIRDCAST at checkout for 25% off. Then click the order and sit back while more enjoyable, less shameful, more fun sex makes its way to your front door discreetly. That's hellocake.com and use our promo code BIRDCAST to get 25% off. It's funny, I was I was in the car today um, and I, I'm driving back and forth from this place and, and, I, uh, and I have you guys on and I just realized I was smiling. I was just smiling. Yeah. The I forget the conversation was about. It was one of the ones I saw. I found it on YouTube. But I was just going. You know, it was just play next, play next, play next, yeah, play yeah, next. Yeah. And um, and it was like Anthony Hopkins um, uh, taunting. It was it's such a fucking hilarious that it was a plot in a movie that he was taunting a gay kid. Yeah, and yeah, Telling yeah, him he basically. Yeah. And I, I'm just sitting there with you guys picking it apart, and I'm just smiling. And I went. I was thinking. Every guy, and, and I think the the majority of our listeners on Two Bears are dudes. A lot, yeah, of, yeah. lot of women, too. A lot of women, too. But a lot of dudes. Yeah, and I think every guy ultimately has had his best friend that that where they can laugh their asses off together. And they've had those moments where they've gone to lunch and you are laughing hysterically. And then you come home and try to explain it to your wife and right, she doesn't right, get right, it. Right, 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 She's like, You're like, like yeah, and the guy's hand was weird. And we were like, what if we put it in a guy's ass? And they're like, what the, f and it's like, what are you talking about? Tom and I did this thing the other day. This is the, one of the hardest I've ever laughed. And I don't know if it'll get the, I, I don't know if people will get it as hard as we got it. Like right, me and right, him right. got it. We were doing, um, once again, I'm certain this will air after it, but we did a swap cast with bad friends where we did their podcast. They did our podcast for oh, April cool. fools. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they have a young lady named Rude, Rudy, who's their co-host. And we were doing, I didn't know we were doing, I fucked up because I thought we were doing songs where you sing it slow enough so the other person can sing along with you. Yeah. You yeah. go, all right, this song's called I Have an Elephant. And then you're like, I have, and then the other person just tries to guess yeah. the words you're going to say next. Right, right, right. He's got big, and you're like, ears, ears, ears. right? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize Tom, Tom started singing an actual song. I thought it was a make believe song. So right, I was trying right. to sing along with him. Then I started singing make-believe songs, and Tom didn't know that they weren't make-believe <laughs> right, songs. Right, right, right. He thought and they were so real. He thought they were real, but he was guessing the words, and then he realized what I was doing. This girl, Ruby, Rudy, was left in the dark. Yeah, so, yeah. So <laughs> we do like five songs where you have to guess the next letter, and they're like, are you having fun? And she goes, yeah. I said, would you like to do a song? And she goes, yeah. And all our songs were like, I went fishing and I caught a, you know, so it was like you could, you yeah, could yeah. really figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We go, what's the name of your song? And she goes, anime. And I was like, anime? 
it just yeah, seems yeah. odd. And we go, how does it go? And she goes, I love anime. And just starts singing a real song. <laughs> and when Tom laughed, when Tom laughed and he looked at me, like it was like there was so much, so right. much of our relationship is explained to each other through each other's laugh. Like when you laugh, you realize yeah. why the other person's laughing. And then his look, he just looked at me and he goes, she thought we were we these were real songs and we couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz she just kept singing about what she liked in anime as if we were going to guess her favorite things in anime and you go <laughs> right, 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 and I, right, right. And and then and you have those relationships with your friends. Growing up as a guy, you you and as a woman, I'm sure women have them as well, but I can only speak to my totally. experience. Yeah. And you have them with your friends and then when you go back to your girlfriend or your wife and you try to explain why you guys were laughing so hard and they're like I I guess it, was, it sounds like it was fun. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then I think, like, oh, I think well, that's what come town is. It's like, it's it, yeah, for sure. It's like, it's like when you guys were talking about uh, Michael Clark Duncan going in and auditioning for, um, for the green mile. And yeah. he's, and he's like, hi, I'm Michael Dark Clark, Clark Duncan. And you're like, yeah, can you do it a little more? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I mean, that's that, that energy. And I think that's what draws people to your show and what people and what, why people love it is. Yeah, that. dude, I, I think so too. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I think we just also have a good, like we knew each other from open mics, right? Like I've known Mullen and, and, and Adam from that same time of like when we went more Wardell and stuff. And it's just, you don't know who you're going to have a great, like me and Mullen, that was always our relationship is like, for whatever reason, we click on a riff. Right. Like, it's just I'm with him. It's like what you're talking about. You that look with Tom. It's like it's that thing of like you always hear it in football where it's like Tom Brady could just look at Wes Welker a certain way and he knew what route to run. Right. It's yeah. that level of like connection for whatever reason, where it's like we just kind of see where the other fucking guy is going and we don't. It, it does feel like I, I it's hard for me to to put together the fact that hundreds of thousands of people are listening to us because to me, it's a conversation I have with my friends. Like, even when you're telling me that bit, it's like, bro, I have never thought about a come town bit outside of the room that we've done it. Like, maybe there's like three or four that happen to be recurring bits in our friendship that come up a lot. But like, yeah, I, I really like, I could not tell you 80, uh, 99% of the things that are said on that podcast because oh, it's yeah. exactly like us at lunch being like fucking, you know, just fucking around and being like, oh, you know, like just, I mean, any, the dumbest shit of all time. And so I think that's what it is. It's like we, our guards are totally down because at the beginning, no one was listening and we assumed no one would ever listen. And now that they are, they really are just hearing like a couple guys that are good at riffing together that have insane, like over the top sense of humor being like, you know, and you're right. It's like a friendship. What people say about it is that it's a friendship simulator. And it basically is that, you know, so, but it's fun. I, I listen, no, no complaints here. I get to just make so much money doing nothing. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> like, guys are like, like, you guys are like the top, top, I think top five cameo shows, cameo Patreon, earners. Yeah, yeah. Your Patreon. I'm sorry. Patreon. Yeah, yeah. What, what was the, how did that happen? How did you guys get over to the Patreon? Dude, honestly, it was, it really was like just luck, right place, right time. Because we had friends, uh, Nick was Nick's roommate, a couple of Nick's roommates at the time were on a really big like like political podcast that got big was the first podcast to like jump like pop off on patreon 
the show Chapo Trap House. And they're I like those dudes. Like we were just friends with these guys, these these dudes and like one girl who um had a big show and they saw that model as something that they could do. And this was like in the run up to bef- like the primaries to the last election. So it's like Hillary versus Bernie. And it's like a big socialist podcast. And it's like it's sort of cool at the time. It's like things like you, younger people are like turning more to the left and shit. And they were just like they had a good show that was actually like from a new perspective and they were funny people and their show blew up and they were just like, yeah, man, you should do Patreon. And then they also just sort of like um, they also just and then, you know, they kind of promoted us and then we went on every comedy podcast we could go to. But it was really the sort of thing that's like, hey, we might as well try this. It seems like some people are listening. Maybe we can make some money. And then we just did. I mean, dude, totally right place, did, right time. It blew up. I mean, you guys, I mean, you can go on Patreon and it tells you how how yeah. much you guys make. You have like almost 20,000 subscribers monthly. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. It is fucking wild, dude. I mean, and you know, what's cool about it is like, because it's behind a paywall, I feel like, I feel like there's who the fuck's going to like. How how how's a cancel nah. culture person gonna find it? Nah, it would be very easy to find. It would be <laughs> it would be instantaneous. In fact, half the bits you probably listen to on YouTube, like we let people steal our show. We don't really give a fuck. It's like yeah. if we're making money and you can't afford it, like fine, steal it. Like we we're not hurting for it. We're not fucking yeah. Lars Ulrich. You know what I mean? Like we're not yeah. gonna fucking make sure we're not like no one can steal it. It's like look, we we are making. Uh, insane living so we're not going to be dickheads about who steals the show so it's out there big time but you know whatever man who gives a fuck at the end of the day it's like the show's been fun to do it's allowed not only the podcast has been fun but it's like I we started because we wanted to get a following and be able to do stand up and since then it's like I got the hop from feature to like I headline now and it's awesome it's like that was my dream when I was 19 I started doing stand up. I was like, all I ever want is to headline on the road. Like that was that was yeah. the highest end of my ambitions when I was because I'm like a fucking broke kid in Baltimore who's like, imagine being able to do Magoobies. You know what I mean? Like that's that's <laughs> uh, yeah. me with like stars in my eyes, being like, wow, it would be insane to go to a funny bone somewhere in the middle of the country and headline. Like that was as high as my ambitions went, and I was able to do that through the podcast and like, you know who gives a fuck if i if i get canceled it's like that would suck i guess i mean i'd like to do other stuff but i love all i want to do is do comedy i want to fucking make people laugh i just i love it's, i love it man and it's like you know it's funny you i think sometimes people think about themselves in cancel culture and then you look at other people and you're like why, the, why that, they were joking and then you go well that, that, i was joking also why would i think about me like everything i've ever said right, is in the right, attempt right. to make someone have a better day and I, I i'm sure i've missed the mark a lot yeah when, totally. when you say when you say when you say um uh i i can't remember what i said i like i couldn't tell you something i said on Comptown. i twice now twice now i've gotten hit up by people who were like hey i heard what you said about me on two bears <laughs> and i'm like fuck and i have no recollection of what i said no recollection <laughs> like that's fucking brutal <laughs> twice and I, I and i go and both times and I, I always rest my hat on i i am a good person i try not to talk shit about people i do talk shit i say reckless stuff all the time yeah but i but um but you know how sometimes you play both sides of the fence and you'll have a bad thought and then you'll go, well, yeah, but I, maybe I should 
rectify that. And then I don't know what I've said on the podcast twice. People have hit me up and been like, Hey man, I want to talk to you about what you said about me. And I'm like, Oh, uh, yesterday was the scariest is, yeah, yeah. is, uh, what it, was, happened? it was, it was Kumail. Oh and, shit. And I, and I love Kumail. I re- and, but see, that's, see, that's where, where I go, where I go. I know where, how I feel about the guy. Right. Like, I know right, how I right, feel about the right. guy. So I, I, I wouldn't ever say anything negative, but you know, who knows when, when he posted that picture, yeah. everyone was busting balls. Totally. So, Let's be she, honest. The fucking guy is like, he's, it's insane. What happened to go from he, a, a comic from Chicago, like a, a an immigrant comic from Chicago to like, you're a fucking Marvel superhero. It's, it's weird, bro. It, Let's be honest. It's <laughs> happy for your success, but that's, you were like a witty, like joke writer. And now you're like jacked and you could fuck anyone up and you have like it's this a Lego man jaw. It's fucking wild. He, he looks so like he looks so different than the guy I met. Totally. So different. But I, but I, and I, he texted me and he was like, is this Bert? And I was like, yep. I knew who it was. This never came up. <laughs> right, right, right. And I was like, oh, fuck. He's yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about something. And I was like, oh, fuck. And so I immediately texted Tom. I was like, did I ever say anything <laughs> negative about Kumail? And he was like, he was like, I don't think so. Yeah. And then I'm like, fuck. And then he was like, hey, man, I really appreciate you defending me. And I was oh, like, wow. oh, yeah, that's right. I did. Nice. Like in your head, you're like, because it was the it was it was the first time I understood representation, really understood it. Yeah. Meaning I understood, you know, when you see Black Panther, you go, no, I get it. Right. But. It's such a franchise that you're like, yeah, there should be more black movies. But totally. you're talking to a guy who's been obsessed with black movies like my whole life. Belly. Yeah. Any any movie yeah, where yeah, yeah. Baby Boy, anything where there was a <laughs> yeah, black yeah, lead yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was hip hop. I was I've always I'm like, yeah, right. I want more of that shit. Yeah. And then you realize I, but you don't understand what representation is. And then when Kume, I, I figured it out on the podcast, I was talking and I was like, yeah, why would why wouldn't some young Pakistani kid be able to go to a Marvel movie and see someone that looks like him do something other than type it in the computer? And right. go, Everyone <laughs> yeah. try it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, absolutely. That's that's that makes that totally makes sense. And yeah, for that reason, it's cool. But it's it's kind of wild that the guy who broke that glass ceiling is a is a like a, a hoodie alternative comic from the 2000s. You know what I mean? Like one of the best comics from like the 2010s is like, who is just like an alt scene, like, like darling happens to be the guy. Like, it's not some fucking like wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, it's not some like model or some like it's, it's it's like, which is cool. Shouts out to him. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to be in a fucking Marvel movie. I'm shooting for a fat sidekick in a Marvel movie. That's where I think, that's where I think (laughs) I top out at, but you know, who knows? Uh, if you had gone into UCB 10 years ago and been like, one of you guys is going to be jacked and starring as a superhero, <laughs> everyone would have patted Pete Holmes on the back and been like, congratulations, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wait, what was, what was Baltimore like? I want to talk about, I want to, sure. I, I know that I, I, I know, I know you guys aren't a three hour podcast people. <laughs> no, whatever, dude, I'm down. I'm down. No. I got, I'm, I got the fucking set up. I'm, I'm set up, but, um, but I want to talk go. to you about Baltimore. I want to talk to you about Bam. I want to talk to you about Greece. I want to talk to you about being Greek. There's so yeah, much dude. I want to talk to you about because there is, uh, it's funny. Baltimore is such a different thumbprint of an American city than anyone that hasn't been there can wrap their head around. Yeah. I love Baltimore. I mean, yeah. So I grew up in Baltimore. 
Um, it's, I mean, I do love it. It's such a, it's, you're right. It's a completely like unique, distinctive place. It has some things in common with like, it's not quite the rust belt. You know what I mean? It has yeah. certainly has something in common with like Oha Cleveland and like Buffalo. And like, there's certainly similarities. It was a big steel town that, um, went to shit the same at the same time that those places did. But it also has like the crazy amounts of like white flight and like, you know, so it's like a majority black city that was like basically abandoned, um, you know, by the white population. And then it was kind of impossible to even like build up wealth because of like redlining policies and all this kind of stuff. So it really is like it's kind of a city that was kind of abandoned, you know, you know what I mean? And it's like there's um, the people there. It's very ethnic. And it's like like, you know the Greek population moved in around like the 80, like my family came in the 80s. So we're very recent immigrants. Like I was born here, but my parents came like five years before I was born here. You know what I really? mean? And they, they like stayed in like a very Greek, like for all intents and purposes, they were in like a Greek colony more so than anything. When they first moved to Greek town, it was like, they were in like a Greek theater company and all their friends were Greek and they would listen to Greek radio. And it was just, there was like a local radio that played Greek stuff. Cause obviously there's no satellite stuff. So my experience growing up was very like this insular community where I didn't really know shit about Baltimore, you know, until I went to college to me, it's like Baltimore was like the fucking 10 blocks, the 10 by 10 blocks of Greek town, you know, yeah. or like where I would go to play soccer, you know, or where we would go like the mall, there's like, or the chilies, you know what I mean? Like, that's like, there's like certain places we'd go. But when I like graduated, you know, when I went to college, I graduated, I started doing, you know, comedy. Um, I was just going all over the city and I just had a, a great appreciation for it. Um, it's really weird, man. Like it has like these ethnic little enclaves. And then obviously there's like tons of like what you see from the wire. There's like the sort of like the abandoned neighborhoods and everything, but I also went to a magnet, like the school system is so bad that like you, there's like two good high schools that you have to test into. And so the, like, if you pass the test, everyone from all across Baltimore goes to that school. So it was like, I didn't get the like, you know, local community high school thing, but I, I like met and hung out with like every type of different kid from Baltimore. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like the kids, like, you know, you have like, um, you have like the, you know, I'm one of some of the Greek kids that I grew up with. And then you have like, um, you know, kids from the hood, obviously that was like, you know, that were just like, that were like bust in. Um, and then you would have like these snooty, like rich kids that the education was, if you got into the best schools in Baltimore, you did get a good education. So you'd have like a mix of everything like socioeconomically and like, um, you know, so you're just like exposed to a lot of, you know, basically every different type of person, which was, which was tight about Baltimore. And then when you graduate, it's like, you know, I spent a lot of time like, and then there's like this grungy artsy scene where it's like all these kids that live in like fucked up, like warehouses, no one fucking bays. Everyone's pissing in deer park bottles and like making installations. And then like going and getting fucked up in this bar in an abandoned Korean mall. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> and then you go to the ball, like the hipster bars. And it's like John waters is just there. You know what I mean? Just hanging out. So it was like, I fucking love Baltimore and I love going back whenever I can. And it's a, it's a pretty city too. Like in terms of the water. I love Baltimore. I love Baltimore. Um, but yeah, dude, it was for, from a comedy standpoint, Baltimore was like a very blue collar. I mean, you know this, you, yeah. how many times you've, you've, you've played in Baltimore, but it was like coming up was really cool there because it's like Baltimore was like vulgar. It was like dirty. It was like, you know, it was like just fucking grimy. 
you're playing to these like fucking idiot, you know, like half of them are like these fucking dumbasses. And then it was cool to go to DC where you have the kind of the mirror, the opposite, where it's like you have plenty of like these snooty, uptight, over like super educated people. And like they are probably like a little more towards what, you know, like the can whatever cancel culture shit is like stuffy, wanting to be offended type of thing. So as a comedian, it made you have to have range where it was like you got to play these like these like blue collar rough and tumble like bars where there's just a fucking, you know, there's eight, eight football games on while you're trying to do a set in Baltimore. And then you have to go to DC and then, you know, perform for all these lobbyists that are on there, you know, on, uh, or just have like a night off. And then there's also like the alt Baltimore scene where it's just like alt common. It's like, this shit is like alt theater. Like these kids, there was, there was like girl, there was like a girl that like painted her fucking face and pretended to jack off like a huge dick. And then like, acted out getting mugged and you're like, all right. And now time for Stavros <laughs> to do four. You know what I mean? So it was like this, it was just a, there was so much, there was just like such a rich experience. And uh, I always like going back. And that's the nice thing about New York is I'm only three and a half hours away. So I popped yeah. down quite a bit. My joke about Baltimore was uh, Baltimore is an interesting city. Your homeless people touch you here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I remember being touched by a homeless person. I was like, "Yeah, man, you're not allowed to touch us. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's a rule around the world. You don't touch us. No touching, bro." <laughs> what was, yeah, why no. did your parents? Why? What made your parents come to the states? So, uh, my mom's dad, like, uh, so my parents met later on, but my mom's uh, folks, they were in Greece, and he, my, my, my maternal grandfather was a like a machine worker. He was like a, you know, he would just like, you know, worked like metal working and all this kind of shit. And he was just like looking for work. And they would they moved around Greece a lot. And he was like, he was just like, they moved to this new part of northern Greece, and he's just in some fucking coffee shop asking around for work. And a guy hits him with like, he's like, the pay is incredible the you know the equipment is awesome it's like it's like it's better it's like double what anything he could find it's like oh my god like yeah i'll take the job right now he's like great by the way it's in america <laughs> and he's just like i'll take it let me go let my wife know like that's the kind of guy my grandfather was it wasn't like <laughs> oh i gotta talk it over with my wife it's like hey hon i'm going to america so in like eight months i might be able to get you and the girls over here so it was like yeah. just a done deal there was no discussion type of shit there's like grease in the fucking you know 60s i want or maybe even the late 50s um and so um uh they do that and his, his options were new york or baltimore and he knew one guy in baltimore so he's like all right fuck it we're going to baltimore and that he came here and then my mom they came over here eventually my mom went she hated it because it's like she was like in high school like imagine you're in high school uh. and you're like finally coming into your own and you're like oh yeah I, I understand my country my culture my friends and you're like oh yeah we're going just to the exact like a completely different world yeah uh, so she felt really isolated so she moves back to athens has like a couple fun years like she had her friends are great like some of my favorite people to go visit when i'm in greece like playwrights and like you know musicians and she was just like hanging out and she met through like a musician friend she met my dad who was just like a just a guy who liked to fucking have a good time. He wasn't a musician or anything, but he liked to hang out, you know? And then they got together and then it was the kind of thing where they were like, all right, we're going to go to America um, for a year to visit your family and save up some money. And then it's like, it turns into, you know, 
they've been here now probably longer than they were in Greece, if you can believe it. Really? So yeah, they've just been here since. So they moved, they came in like the eighties in theory to visit for a year and then they stayed. And uh, we've just been here ever since, honestly. So when you go back to Greece, do you go to Athens or do I like, and I have been to Greece. I've been yeah. to Greece a couple of oh, times. Yeah, where you been? Uh, fucking Corfu. Corfu's not bad, you know? Yeah. Did you say it like a <laughs> Greek guy just there? Corfu? Corfu. Yeah, Corfu. I'm fluent in Greek. I get, my dad doesn't even speak English. Really? So I'm, I mean, he's like, you know, he's, he's a woodworker. So if you're talking about like shelving or like pine, he can speak in English. But if it's anything else, it's, it's, or like hitting on a, uh, hitting on a woman. Like when I brought a college girlfriend home, I realized how limited his English was. Cause it was like, it became very clear. The only thing he knew how to do to a woman was hit on her. So my dad's just like, you have beautiful eyes. I'm like, all right, you're trying to fuck my girlfriend? What the fuck's going on, dad? Um, but yeah, so I'm fluent in Greek. And uh, <laughs> Your dad only knew pickup phrases? Only knows pickup phrases or like oh. laminate or like formica or like granite countertops. Oh. That's all he knows. Oh, but he's my- a great, listen, you need some woodworking done in the, uh, in the mid-Atlantic. You hit up Halkis Custom Woodwork. Oh my God, my dad, my daughters. I wish I could remember. I wish I could remember the pickup phrases. We went on vacation to Bali, and these two idiots were like, "We're gonna learn Balinese so yeah, we can talk yeah. to people over there." And they, my daughter Georgia, got a book of pickup phrases. Yeah, <laughs> um, in pickup phrases in Bali. So like, if How you old is she on, at the time? She, she was fourteen. <laughs> I was twelve. I was twelve, and so they never learned how to say them in Bal in Balinese. They just learn the pickup phrases, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they learn them in English, and they just learn them. And so they would do pickup phrases to our waiters. They were so <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> I remember Georgia said. Is that a mirror in your pocket? And the guy goes, "No, why? No, because I see myself in your pants." No, and we were <laughs> crying, and she was like, "What? That these are all phrases that they taught us to say in in Bali." And I was like, "Wait, you're not? I go, you're not even saying them in Balinese. You're saying them in English. You're just, you're saying just picking them people up." It yeah. was so we were laughing so hard. Because yeah. as soon as she did one, we were like, what are the, wait, what are the phrases? And they each had like four phrases they learned that they yeah. were going to. And I go, have you been giving them to people around the resort? Like just going up and doing bad <laughs> phrases. Good for that. They really turned the, they turned the tables on the traditional narrative of uh, young white <laughs> oh. women in, in India. Oh, it's God. usually, they're very rarely are they the sexual aggressors. <laughs> oh my God. We were laughing so fucking hard. But that's great that's that so your dad funny. would your dad would only yeah, <laughs> so, beautiful eyes. Yeah, so yeah, just hitting on people. Yeah, and so it's like I um when I go there, yeah, my family's in his side of the family's still in, in Greek. Like I come from actually a pretty small Greek family in all things considered, but my dad's family is still in Athens and we have like a you know, we have like a, a place to stay there, like a, a shitty little apartment underneath our aunt and uncle's place. And um so I go to Athens quite a bit and then you know, you just go to the islands and shit, just try and I mean, I'm, I was spoiled with it where it's like, you don't know how good it is to vacation in Greece. It's like oh, the, the, yeah. the trips I was taking when I was like, just this like fat little eight year old that wanted to stay home and play Nintendo was like 
the shit that people don't even get to go to on their honeymoons. You know what I mean? It's like, and my family in Greece, Oh, it's the, it's the best place. And I, I try and go back as much as I can now. And I might try and sneak over there. Uh, you know, I don't know, sometime this summer, I want to really get back on the road because I haven't done stand up in since, you know, October, I did one little run, but before that it's like March and then October. So I really want to hit the road hard as shit this, uh, starting in like, you know, June throughout the end of the year. But I, part of me is like, I got to go to Greece for like fucking eight days just to do it, just to have a nice time. But the nice thing is my family is all just gluttons, just fat as shit. And they're annoying, but they, literally my fucking uncle will take you to the best restaurants you have ever been in your life. And they're always like, they're out of the way. They're up some fucking mountain. It's like a 90 minute drive and you get there. You're so fucking annoyed at him. And then this, you get served an octopus that you're like, you're like, I am, I just came in my pants. I'm an eight year old boy who reached sexual maturity because of these, uh, this octopus right now. Um, So that's, that's the best part about my family for sure. I mean, it's, Gluttony runs in our family. It's so funny to go meet your family and then re- recognize things about yourself that you had no idea you had. You were just destined, like you had no choice. Like a big thing for me was I went to see my. I'm, I was telling you, like my roommate, he's he's Greek too. His family, his parents came here to go to college, right? They didn't come here to work in restaurants for a year to save up to go back to Greece. Like they <laughs> yeah. they're fucking coming for grad school, so it's like a different type of Greek. But I always in my head was like. Greek people are fucking rude. They're all, they're like vulgar. It's like, what the hell? It's like, we're just a bad fucking country. And then I meet his family and they're the nicest people you've ever met. They're just, so they, they, they take care of you. And then I go, and then I go after meeting his family, I go to see my family for a few days. And the first, the first words out of my fat four, like seven aunt's mouth is, Hey, you want meatballs, you fat faggot? <laughs> and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, that's how you greet me? You a slur and it, it telling me I should I want meatballs. I just came from America. Uh, but it's that's the thing where you're like, you have I have no chance. I have no choice. There was just like that was what my family was like. They're just all they're just rude and they call you fat and they like put you down constantly. Did you know that 66% of men start losing their hair by the age of 35? Uh look at this. I have a perfect head of hair. Do you know why I have a perfect head of hair? Because I started doing something about it before it got too late. If you're noticing it slipping back, stop the train right there in its tracks and do something about it. For hymns is one-stop shop shopping for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, all for men. It's time to write a new chapter in your life, and this one starts with hair. Hymns is made to be, so that you can be the best version of yourself with the light help of licensed med- med- medical providers with FDA-approved products to help you treat hair loss. Not snake oil pills or gas station remedies. These are prescriptions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy that knew that a lot of these conversations for a man are easier to have online than in person, like I had to have them. So you don't have these long, awkward doctor visits or waiting in pharmacy lines. You just connect with a licensed medical professional online, which would save you hours, completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few quick questions, and the medical professional will review, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe medication to treat your hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. And if you're not happy with the results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, my listeners can get their first visit absolutely for free. Go to 4hims.com slash BurtCast. That's 4hims.com slash BurtCast. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. 
Restricted Supply Seat website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's 4hymns.com slash BurtCast. This podcast is brought to you by Credit Karma. The beginning of any journey can feel daunting. You're not sure where you're headed, if you're headed in the right direction. Maybe you don't know exactly what to prepare for. With Credit Karma, you can be more informed about what's ahead. Credit Karma's game-changing technology shows you tailored offers for credit cards and personal loans that you're more likely to be approved for so you can apply with more confidence. They use your credit and other financial information to show you custom recommendations, whether you want cash back, travel rewards, or consolidate debt. Credit Karma can help you find the offers that fit your goals. With a selection of options and approval odds, you have the power to make informed decisions. Credit Karma, apply with confidence. Go to creditkarma.com slash BERT to learn more and find offers tailored just for you. That's creditkarma.com slash BERT, or you can see your offers on the Credit Karma app. Apply with confidence today. Go to creditkarma.com slash BERT, or go to the Credit Karma app. Is David Sedaris Greek? Yeah, the Sedaris is a Greek, yep. Yeah, so Sedaris, him... I wonder how I wonder have you ever thought about doing your act in Greek? Yeah, you know, I that was something I was thinking about because I saw a lot of people had started like touring in Athens and I was kind of thinking it would be interesting to go over there and just try some kind of hybrid show and try and maybe yeah. do a couple minutes in Greek and then do the rest like advertise it as an English show but like have it as a safe way to kind of try things out because you know, I mean, I'm fluent in Greek, but it's like, you know, comedy is like, it's all where it's like having, you got to really think about your words. And it's like, you got to really be deliberate about what you say. Even the dumbest dick joke. It's like, if you move a word here or there completely ruins it. So even though I can get, I can talk to people and, and my, my accent is good. So you don't think it doesn't seem like I'm foreign. It seems like I'm a kind of dumb guy that grew up in Greece. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I talk. <laughs> like it, it doesn't seem like I'm American, but it doesn't seem like I'm the fucking sharpest guy you've ever, I'm like pausing a lot. I'm stammering. I'm like, uh, you know, doing that a lot. So it would be interesting to see. I definitely am going to try it at some point when that was, that's, you know, it, 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 you know, not to fucking so many people dealt with so much worse shit, but I was going to do like a European tour the last year. And that was going to be, I was going to try and sneak that in there and give it a shot. But one That's day, really I, one day we'll do it. Yeah. It'll I know hard, though. we, we were really good friends with, um, Nia Vardalos. Oh yeah, dude. A he's fucking her. She is a, a first ballot Greek American hall of famer, dude. Well, her uh, and Zach Galifianakis are Greek or have to be Greek hall of famers without question. Her, first of all, my big fat Greek wedding, nothing swept through the Greek American community like my big fat Greek wedding. Really? It was insane, bro. Like, cause there's, it wasn't a wide release. It was all like word of mouth. And it's like in Baltimore, they only played it at like the art house theater for whatever reason. So you have all these fucking diner owners and all these like trashy Greeks that have not gone to like a night, like in downtown, just like the fucking art. So there's like a, a foreign language, like French film that like, a bunch of guys in turtlenecks are watching next door and you just have like lines out the door for these Greek people that have like traveled to see this. It was like unbelievable what uh, what a what a mark it left on. Like, I mean, it's like if it, she's she is good, no matter what any Greek festival in this country, Nia Verdalos is not paying for a souvlaki. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> she's not playing. She's not playing hey, for is a Dimit local mothers. Is, is, is Dimitri Martin Greek, too? 
Um, I think he is, but I don't think it's like he's. I don't think he's that Greek. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, think he, I think his dad was a Greek Orthodox priest. Yes, yeah, but in and I do think he's got some diner credentials. If I'm he's not mistaken, his dad owned a diner. I think he owned, owned a diner too. So it's one of those things where it's like the thing about being Greek in America is like, it's such a specific thing and it really does matter into like Greeks could like assimilate in a generation. Like my brother, yeah. my, one of my, one of my other best friends growing up in Greek town, his grandfather like accidentally stayed Greek. Like he came from a family that came in like the forties and they all forgot, like they all forgot Greek. They were all just like fucking white bread Americans. They were like, you know, completely, all his siblings were like, they moved to like Cleveland, uh, West Virginia. They're like Hicks now, right? Yeah. His grandfather happened to stay in Baltimore. He was the last, he was the youngest one. So he just went to Baltimore. He's for, he, he's not learning. He's not keeping up with his Greek. He's trying to assimilate. And then he meets his grandmother, who's just a fresh off the boat Greek lady, relearns Greek <laughs> and speaks it with an American accent for the rest of his life. This guy in like four years forgot Greek talked like a hillbilly and spoke Greek for the rest of his life in this weird, like stilted American accent. So it's like Greek people really, you decide how Greek you want to be, honestly. Yeah. And it's like, for me, it was not, or your family decides for you really. Uh, with my parents, there was no question. I went to Greek school growing up. Like I had after school, I would go three days a week to my church to learn, to go to school for like two more hours. It fucking sucked as a little kid, but I, at least I know Greek now, you know? Um, but yeah, so with Dimitri Martin, it's like, he has the credentials, but it's like, he, he doesn't strike me as a particularly, particularly Greek guy. You know what I mean? But yeah, what, Galifianakis, what about Galif that name alone, yeah. that name, it, it's like the fact that you kept that name in show business that, cause I remember I was like, I was like 16 and I was really like, is Stavros Halkius too Greek a name to have a career in show business? Stavros. And <laughs> And then Zach Galifianakis is the biggest guy in comedy. I'm like, I think I'm good. I think I'm okay. I think I'm. I think I'm going to be safe with this name. Zach yeah. might be the Zach might be the sweetest human being I've ever met in my entire life. So and and like he was like a hero doubly because it's like that name is all like literally. It's like it's it's so funny to say like we talk about representation. Something as stupid as like a greek name that honestly made a difference to me that was like yeah if this guy can do it why the fuck why the fuck can't you know i and it's like because there was literally no there's really no there's always like the greek guys that make that run the festival circuit you know what i mean like yeah. do jokes only for greek people and i didn't want to be one of those guys but there wasn't any like super famous greek comics and then not only was he famous but he also was like such an inventive creative guy like life live at the purple onion was like when i was like in college oh just dude like, i ran that i would just listen to that over and over again and i love that stuff and uh you know he just fucking rocked so jennifer aniston's greek i know that about that but again that's another one like it's like yeah she's greek but you know she's what got i mean pretty fucking amazing skin everyone that's ever yeah. met her says she has the best skin they've ever seen in her in their entire life really damn yeah i'd love to get a peek <laughs> I love to get a peak IRL. Uh, that is one thing I've been complimented on. I'm not saying I got Aniston level skin, but yeah. I p girls are always like, what the fuck do you do to your skin? Like when like up close, I have very smooth skin and very long eyelashes. You can't tell from here, but really? Yeah. I don't know if I can zoom in, but <laughs> <laughs> I have I have I have amazing skin. 
I have amazing feet. I have beautiful feet. Ooh, we got have you some seen nice my arches. feet? I, have, I might have the I have very very high arches. Very and nice. I, and Slender. I have, uh, and they're always tanned. My feet are always tanned. <laughs> I'm very specific about my feet. You're a fucking self foot fetishist. Oh, you jack dude, off to your own feet. My feet are. <laughs> are like next level beautiful. Could like, you jack off with your own feet? That's the real question. Are you dexterous enough to do it? I can't. I can barely I can barely do those uh those groin stretches where they put your feet together. Yeah. I'm not yeah, very limber. I would love to you be gotta, more limber. You gotta limber up if for nothing else to fuck your feet one time to jack off with your beautiful feet. No, I think you could do it, Bert. I'm trying. Not now. After oh. after months <laughs> of deliver of of you know yoga and deep deep hip openers. Maybe. I'm trying to think if I Yeah, it'd be it'd be kind of hard. You're right. But I'm not very limber either though, you know. <laughs> yeah, I have I have very soft skin. My wife does not have soft skin. My wife's got mm. like uh like always got like she has to use lotion. I've never mm-hmm. used lotion in my entire life. Yeah, I, a girl uh a girlfriend of mine in Baltimore had like an insane skin routine like she would have to put not only one lotion like her entire body would need to be covered by like a couple different lo- and she looked yeah. good and her skin was good but it's like the effort that it took if i had if that was my situation i would look like a like fucking the incredible the thing from uh the fantastic four i would be scraggly as fuck i'd be all hard as shit i'm just lucky that i got the you know s- s- skin that does not need anything because i would never do anything nothing I've i just started brushing anything. my teeth this year I'm a, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, I'm 32. It's about time. I'm not a big I, toothbrusher. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, water pick guy. I love water picking. Ooh, but does I the hate, water pick work? I, I use it. No, I use it every day. I use it probably oh, twice a day, every day. I love a water pick. I love. I've gotten into the little, the, the, the dental picks. The flossers. I have flossers, flossers everywhere. I can't believe I don't have them right here. I always have flossers on me. I love a flosser and I've been eyeing up a water pick. So maybe I will. Maybe what's your, what, let me know your recommendation for the best water pick. And I'm, I'm uh, like, there's a water there. pick toothbrush I was really into for a while, but mm. uh, I, I'm not, a, I don't like the taste of toothpaste. It bothers me. Um, yeah. And, and so water picking for me, I actually went to the dentist. I've had a tooth problem. I know you had a tooth problem. But oh, I had a, bro, I just got a tooth. Yeah. Is it in, in now? It's in, in baby. This is the real deal. Nice. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. I had two over two and a half years, just no front tooth. Uh, and I honestly loved it. Uh, it's kind of, I'm pissed off that the bald ponytail era is not going to coincide with the toothless era. That is maybe the biggest tragedy of my life that at separate points in my life, I will have no tooth and a bald ponytail. How did you lose your tooth? Did you really lose it chewing a chicken wing? It really legitimate. Like it was kind of fucked up to begin with. Like it was kind of hurting a little bit, but the, the straw that broke the camel's back was cracking it on a fucking chicken wing at the comedy cellar, actually watching Mark Norman do his hour. He was like running his hour and I was just there hanging out. I had just done something else. And I'm like, and the, the seller has the best fucking wings. Uh, the, by the way, Russ Maneev choose eats the bones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll never forget watching him eat the bones. And I was like, that can't be good for you. And he's like, well, no one's told me it's not. I've never had a problem. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I literally just eat the wings. Like if it was not a comedy, if it was not one of the best comedy clubs, I would still go there to eat wings it, yeah. at 11 at a, not 11, at a Middle Eastern restaurant. It's they're that good. Um, but yeah, dude, I just cracked them and I just, 
I was in denial. I cracked the tooth and it was still on, but it was like loose. And I was like, I'm fine. I'll bounce back. And for like three days, I was just like chewing everything with like the left side of my mouth. I, I mean, dude, I literally finished those wings. Like I was like, I was at, I was at wing three of a 12 wing order. You think I'm fucking letting those go? Absolutely not. Um, so oh my I, ate God. The fu- I did a lot of, I did a lot of lubing them up. I was like Joey chestnut, you know, <laughs> dipping the shit. I was dipping every bite in like blue cheese and just stuffing it down my gullet. <laughs> but, um, I was in denial and then I just fucking, I went to, I went to Jersey cause I had a friend whose, whose uncle was a dentist and he was like, oh yeah, this, this is a fuck. Your tooth is fucked. I was like, what? I was like, can you like do it? He's like, no, it's, it's got to come out. I was like, dude, it hurt. I can't even, he's like, all right, well, if you want, we could just take it out. And I was like, I was like, all right. Cause I'm assuming like, I've, I know people get dental implants all the time. They'll take it out and I'll come back tomorrow. They'll give me a tooth. And then he's like, oh no, it's going to be uh, a year long process. And I was like, what? And I just thought it was only going to be like seven. I thought it was going to be a week. And then and then I just because of the pandemic and all this timing stuff, it ended up being like literally two and a half years just with no tooth. God, honestly, I loved it. I was fucking used to it. I had it's so funny. I think about I had a good relationship in that time. I got a lot of pussy. But when we before and after with no tooth, (laughs) the most pussy I ever got in my life was without a tooth. Like, in fact, I think I've I think this this the my the gum above that tooth has touched more pussies than my tooth ever did. <laughs> I worked with the, I worked with a woman. I worked with a woman. I'm going to, I'm going to, I wonder if I've got a picture of her toothless. Um, oh, hell yeah. It, was it Hasmin Garza by any chance? No, she was toothless for a while. She's very funny. Uh, uh, she, she's a, I think originally Boston or Utah or something. But anyway, she, we, we had just both moved to New York or she had just moved to New York and she opened for me in Rhode Island. And she was a, she was a woman who had just lost her tooth on a chicken wing. Really? Like the same within like a month of me. It was crazy. Uh, hang on. But yeah, she was, I'm going to see if I can, I did enjoy the toothless lifestyle. Where was this? Where, where did you open it? Where did this woman open for you? She was my director. Oh, director of my, tv show oh nice damn a a toothless director first of all she's absolutely beautiful i mean she really is absolutely beautiful but this is her this is her yeah real life nice gorgeous yeah but pretty lady she bit into a frozen snickers bar and it shattered her tooth get the fuck out of here she lost her front tooth she lost her front tooth and it was it was a year process yeah dude and she had, a, she, had forever. a flip, she had a flipper that she'd wear. And when we get drunk, she'd take it out. And I loved it. I <laughs> Dude, loved it. There is something about a hot woman with fucked up teeth that I love. Like yeah. uh, I date a girl with like kind of like I've like just like I well, I want a little crooked tooth. I like a gap. I just want I don't know. It's endearing to me. And it, it, a fully out tooth, that's I think I would like that in a twisted way. Oh, I think it that was, was so <laughs> much fun. She'd take her tooth out when we got drunk and we would and she, it, but it was like it was she was still beautiful without her tooth. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. gorgeous. I say I That's can say many that now because we don't work together. Me. But she is one of one of the prettiest women I've I've ever I've ever like been friends with. Yeah. Great skin. She has she great skin. Huge. Yeah. But uh but yeah, but toothless. I loved she was great like a look. fucking sister with to me. Like we 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 did Bert the Conqueror 
for two oh, years yeah. and just and yeah, I mean it was crazy. You'd you'd take you'd land and you'd go out to dinner went to dinner every single night and oh, I, yeah. she was going through some real stuff in her life at the time and and uh and I was my first TV show and we just we had like a lot of moments where and I was going through anxiety at the time yeah for totally. doing that show. We really, really connected, really bonded. I I, I still consider I feel a really like, close friend. I feel like you'd be a great guy to be around when you're going through something. You know what I mean? I, I feel like well, because here's the thing. I think you have the range of like you can actually have a real moment. Like you could you you're not afraid to actually just have an emotional moment. But also, if you just want to get fucked up and just cruise yeah. and just and shove the feelings down, you're you're like one of the. It's like it is insane how how good you are just just getting fucked up. Like I remember yeah. one of the times that we met was like at in Tampa, right? I was with Bobby and you were at, I think the improv and we, yeah. we both did, um, uh, Calta show and you were just, I was in awe. Cause it's like, you know, I, I known who you were and everything. And I was like, and you know, you, sometimes you're like, some of this has to be a bit of a shtick. Like there's no, but you were just legitimately get like getting fucking, it's like 7am. I'm annoyed that I'm awake. You know what I mean? I can't even fucking function. You were just getting fucked up. You're training for a marathon or you were like, you were like running. I think I was running. I think I was running a half marathon that next day. You did run a half marathon and you were like, didn't you come hang out with us? Huh? Didn't you come down with me and Jim? You, you came to the half marathon, right? No, I didn't come to have Maryland. That's the thing. It's like me and Bobby were we had we had some kind of weird travel thing, and I was just tuckered out from because we had we were on a tour together, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we were just driving around, and I remember being like, "I am, I can't do anything but prepare for doing twenty minutes in front of Bobby today because I had a rough car ride, and you are getting fucking hammered at seven a.m. <laughs> You're training for a marathon. You're headlining shows, and then you were like, and then we're gonna get fucked up afterwards. And I was like, and you were not joking. There was no, there was no like uh, anxiety in your. You were like, there was a twinkle in your eye talking about it, and I was like, this is fucking insanity. I need to nap. I'm, and by the way, I'm, I was like, when was this? this was a couple of years ago? I'm still in my twenties. I was just. I was like, Jesus Christ, how the, what is going on here? I was like, I would like, I would have liked you to be studied just like under, I need, I need to see what's going on with your cells. Cause there's something abnormal <laughs> that is going on there for sure. I, uh, I, par- I partied last night. It's interesting. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't know the, I don't know what happens to me, but like I partied last night. We, I did this wine podcast and they sent over two really nice bottles of wine and we ended up getting wine and then they opened indoor dining. And so my daughter got done this golf thing. So we all drove out and their whole nice. golf team was there and came back, had another glass of wine and then woke up at like four in the morning going like, I got a busy day. I got a, I got, I've like shit every hour on the hour practically yeah. from yeah. like six in the morning and I had to run and I had to work out. My trainer was coming there. I'd like, it was like all this shit. Yeah. It's and one I, of those days, it's, it's those days where you like wake up and you're like, Oh, until I go to bed, I will not know peace. <laughs> like it's one uh, tonight, of those. Yeah. Tonight, uh, tonight is today is a barn burner. Like I, yeah. I like, yeah. I it goes on. It's it starts to the crack of dawn, and and but I only have a couple more weeks. It's hard hard to explain, but without explaining it, but it it just and but there's something about for me, there's something about, and I don't know if it's low blood sugar, but like being a little hungover with a cup of coffee driving in the morning uh yeah. listening to this morning i was listening to jane's addiction because burr and i were talking about three <laughs> yeah, days yeah, yeah. what a great song that is yeah and yeah. i was like 
I was like, man, there's something about being, and, and, and once again, I, and, and it might come back to the fact that I don't have a lot of responsibility. Like, I, I mean, I just have to think of funny things. I've got to show up and be on time, not be a dick. That's part yeah. of the rule. But like, for the most part, just have, making sure you're having a good time. And I, I was, I had a, I had a, I had a zoom that I had to run back across town to be at a zoom at eight 30 and it's eight 26. And I've got two minutes left on this three days song. And I'm sitting in my car <laughs> jamming out going, I can, I can, it's worth it. You got to finish yeah. the song. And I'm looking at these people looking at me jamming out in my car. And, and I'm just yeah. like, and I'm like, I guess maybe I just never signed up for the regular life. So when, when you go right. to Calta and, and for me, I, that's like, I'm partying. Like I'm going to have yeah, a great time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. why wouldn't I train? Yeah. Why wouldn't I get ready? And especially if it's like Thursday or Friday, I'm running right. a half marathon Sunday. I'm right, going right, to right. yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking, I love living life. I want most more people at my funeral than not. I want to, if I want people listening right now, if you think yeah. we're not close enough and you shouldn't go to my funeral, you're wrong. We're too close. Go to my funeral. <laughs> yeah. There is certainly something to be said about like, the the having like the main principle in your life just being having a good time right yeah. like i think i think that has like the pandemic is like i the first half i went fully insane like i was like freaking out i was so anxious i gained a bunch of weight and then like right around september i was like this shit is all it was like there's nothing to be anxious about like i still am lucky enough to my job didn't go anywhere i got i was very lucky there yeah and it's like just try and like think like what what you do have a bunch of time instead of thinking about what you're sad about, what you're missing and be like, all right, well, now you have some time that you haven't had. Things aren't go, go, go. It's like, what's important to you? And it was like it. I really realized it's like, yeah, dude, I'm just trying to have a nice time. I'm trying to feel good and I'm trying to do whatever it takes to make the people around me feel good and not be caught up on all this other, you know, all this other bullshit. And but I, I do think some of that is like it feels nice to be busy when it's stuff you love and stuff yeah, you're like happy love. to be doing. Everything, everything I'm doing today, everything I'm doing every day of the week, I love. Like, yeah, like if you, that's huge. I, I mean, I love it. Like the fact that you know that we can talk for an hour and a half about really like nothing, like just have just yeah, yeah, just yeah. bullshitting, and the fact that that's part of the job these days is so awesome compared to what it was when I first started. I remember the grind of comedy. Like you you were talking about writing for some online articles. I remember the yeah. hustle of like just anything, just getting anything up and totally. running when you start this business is so fucking scary. It's like looking into a dark cave going, I guess I'm going in without a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's the thing. It's like, that's the other thing about the like podcast, which is like, I'm just so lucky because I moved. Sure, I had like a fir my first year and a half in New York was brutal, like it is for everybody, where it's like yeah. you go from being the big fish in the small pond to like, oh, well, great. Another comic who gives a fuck. Even even people who think you're good aren't necessarily happy that you're there. Taking, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like and you're scrounging to fucking you know, like make money. And it's like you're just, uh, you know, that year. I think about that year where you're just depressed all the time. You're in a new city that you're scared of. You're like, fuck. And you're like, why did I leave all the like the comfort of what you have? And it's like, that's why now I'm like, I didn't have to do that that long. Who knows how much longer it would have taken me to, you know, get the headline. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's not that I didn't have the time. It's that I didn't, you know, it was just like people ahead of you if you don't have like an audience. So it's like, uh, that's what's so great about that is like, those years were like, 
the very beginning is super fun. The open mic, just getting good at comedy is so fun. That's literally when I, when I'm nostalgic, I'm nostalgic for doing fucking open mics at seafood restaurants in Baltimore. You know what I mean? But then that in between where you're like, wait, I have a skill set. I'm good, but nobody gives a fuck. And I have to figure out how to make somebody give a fuck, or I'm just going to be a 35 year old man with no family and no job prospects is like, a brutal stretch. And then it's like, yeah, if you're lucky enough to get out of there and be able to have people that want to hear you do comedy and just like, there really is nothing better. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's hysterical. I've become, I've had like this weird positivity bent in my life the last like five months. And it feels kind of nice, man. It feels nice to just be like, yeah, I just like what I have. I just, I just like, Dude, I like what I'm doing, especially getting towards the end of this pandemic. And I, I hope, I mean, I'm hoping yeah, we're getting there sure. as people start getting vaccinated. I still got I my know, vax tomorrow, baby. Second for vax. real. Yeah. Nice. Can't wait. What do I'm you know which one my, you're getting? I got Moderna. Good deal. Is that the good one? Ever? I keep hearing I, different things. That's what my parents got. Nice. All right, and I think it's the yeah. one that's, I, I, I don't know anything about the vaccines. I just registered Republican. And so I don't. <laughs> so you're not like, eligible. So I'm not, well, I'm not going to get it. I won't get it. It's not real. It's not a virus. It was created by the Dems. <laughs> Makes sense, man. Yep. I, uh, I have definitely let my guard down a lot more recently than I ever have where I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable. I'm, I'm getting COVID tested every day right now. Oh, yeah. And so I'm getting COVID tested every single day. Uh, and I just I'm at I'm at a place where I'm like I I I I don't know my cousin and I you know I did four tours across the states in a tour bus. Dude, I, I saw those. I remember watching that shit on Instagram and just being like jealous and also like like wow that must have been so like interested in that experience because it was like I miss performing so bad. But then I'm like, geez, like this like the the skill it must take. Like stage presence is one thing in front of people, right? But yeah. stage presence in front of Toyota Corollas, it's yeah. like, I was like, how the fuck is he even doing it? It's like, it was very impressive to me to be like, damn, I would love to know what that even feels like. Cause it's a complete, it must've been a completely different vibe than even a theater, right? Like, what was that yeah. like to just stand in front of those, like a cars and be like, all right, time to crush for an hour somehow. It, like, you know, that the, feel like? the first time, the first time was a little unnerving. I tore through my set in like, 35 minutes yeah, and i was yeah. like i was like wow i still got i guess i'm telling the machine twice tonight yeah. so, <laughs> I, i'm sorry i'm gonna put my shirt back on and yeah. take it back off <laughs> <laughs> the um the real intense one was philly philly was like 2,000 cars wow and, like, and it was like i mean it, it was like the furthest the furthest person was a quarter of a mile away from me. That's insane, bro. And you, a quarter you know, of a mile. When by the time we got to my la- my second to last one was with Tommy in um in in the Rose Bowl, and uh, and it was fucking. I mean, it was packed. It was awesome. Beautiful sunset. Mountains behind us. Jay Leno was there. Jay Leno did Jeez. a set. What? And, Holy yeah. fuck! Oh, it was crazy. It was really That's fucking wild. crazy. And, and, and I was so dialed in to that energy that I, that I, that towards the end, it was just like stand up for me, but there was a transition of figuring it out. So let me energetically, what does that even feel like though? Right. Cause like a laugh is so, is it like the honk? Like, cause the videos you did, you didn't let him honk at the end of the show for like a standing ovation, they could honk and flash their lights. But I, but I told him no honking, just listen to the show. It's interesting because you started realizing the, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but certain comics needed honking 
because yeah, they needed yeah. they needed the response to know if it right, was doing well. Right, right, right. I didn't. I could hear them laughing in the cars. It wasn't like when I, the, the, one of the last shows I did was at the at the Beacon, and that's what thirty five hundred people. Two shows and laughter at the Beacon was like fucking thunder. I mean, yeah, thunder. And and you just realized you just you just measured your expectations of what you expected to hear and knew you could hear them laughing it just right, wasn't right, right. it wasn't thunder and if you could hear the first 100 people 200 yeah. people laughing then you knew they were all laughing interesting okay yeah and so and so and i obviously i think very honestly it wasn't ideal you know the better shows we did were when they were let out of their cars and you could hear everyone laugh when you when yeah. they were let out of their cars Dude, they tailgate. You'd be, I'm telling Yeah, I I'm saw those you. videos. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> Just like people were tailgating and they yeah. were comedy. It was awesome. You sped up. I sped up my act a tad bit. I found that I punched more often and harder. And I just got to the place where this thing was like, uh, it was 45 minutes of just bam, like, like no just fat. going at Completely. no, yeah, no yeah. fat. You couldn't, you couldn't fuck around much. Um, yeah, yeah. But like sure. what we did one in a, in a rock quarry in north carolina and when you heard the laugh you fucking heard the laugh it's That's like doing awesome. an outdoor gig yeah when the ones that were they were in the car that was where it could it could fuck with you but right. i got so used to it by the end you were just like i mean we did one next to a train track in cleveland <laughs> every 10 minutes the train would go by and you were like it's so fucking funny dude it was and you, but it was it was i'll tell you right now the one yeah. thing i'll never forget this this tour as long as i live because we saw America and Americans, like people, at a time when, um, when no one was allowed out of their house. So people were very grateful that you yeah. were offering them an opportunity to get out of their house, to be safe if they chose to be safe, to right. regulate themselves. Yeah, and uh, and it was fucking. It was and obviously going back and forth cross country was some of the best experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Just beautiful. We, I mean, we, you'd have to drive across the country, then start doing shows and work your way back. Wow, so yeah. I remember we stopped in Amarillo and, uh, and I hired a producer to produce everything for me. So meaning like I go like, get us to our first show. We have four days. Give us four fun things to do. We'll film it. Right. We'll have fun. Right. We'll yeah, put yeah. it on Instagram. It'll, be, it'll, make, it'll make its money back. Yeah. And that one, remember one night we stopped at Amarillo and uh, we set up. Dave started grilling. He's, he's grilling us dinner. Yeah. Uh, we get we go out on the boat. We all get high on the boat. <laughs> we take the boat back. We're we're buzzed. Fuck yeah, we dude. set up. Yeah. We're on a cliff. We're on a cliff overlooking a lake in in Texas. A huge lake. We're on the cliff, and a thunderstorm starts rolling as the sun's Holy rolling in. Shit. As the sun sets to your right, and so That's we just incredible. sat and watched to see who would win the thunderstorm and the sun. Sun drops, lightning storm all around us, and we just sat high as shit in lawn chairs. <laughs> Drinking beers, watching a lightning storm going above us. Oh it was my god! Awesome. That is so, and like everyone else in America was like afraid to fucking go to the grocery store without Clorox wiping a yeah. bag of chips. I was just getting fat as shit, ordering seamless eight times in my apartment. <laughs> you're, you're fucking doing doing mushrooms in the middle of a fucking tornado. Oh, just, we like, had so <laughs> many. We had so many great like, and then you oh people would hit god, us up and be so like, be like, yo, I got a I got a lake house in uh, in Colorado. Why don't you come spend the night there? There's room. My parents are there, and and you'd go out, and it would be like, I mean, people were so generous. And 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 then towards the end we started like instead of quarantine, it's the first tour we did, we all got back 
here and we kind of quarantine and then some people were just like fuck it if i got it yeah. i give it to my family like I, i'm fine <laughs> we all got tested but they're like this is back in the old school days like yeah. we got tested and they're like you need to quarantine for 14 days yeah and we didn't like, know shit about the fucking we don't know anything sucks yeah. and, and it so sucks then, because it could have been so much more manageable just like doing outdoor we could have done outdoor shit the whole time yeah that's what I, sucks knowing that yeah the whole time i mean i'll yeah. tell you right now i'm not done doing outdoor shit we did an amphitheater in glenwood springs i think that's so tight and it was one of the best shows i've ever done in my life now mind you i'd been swimming with overalls on the whole summer so i'm doing these (laughs) outdoor shows and drive-ins we do an amphitheater where everyone's got their own little space and it was on and it's like staged oh dude i I told my agents and managers i'm not done done doing outdoor shit and i'm not done partying here's the other thing i want to do and i i I can't i can't say too much about it because i haven't really figured it out yet yeah I want to do something where I can include guys like you and Tim Dillon and Mark Norman and fucking Big J. And I want to do something where it's like communal, where we can do these outdoor shows that I know I've dialed them in. I know how to do them. I know how to make them great. Yeah. Make that summer feel where people come out and like do something fun. I have like like a festival vibe, like a, like a traveling festival vibe. Yeah. And, and, and that's perfect. Fucking have a blast. Like have a great time. Eat good fucking oh. hang out giggle everyone yes, fucking yeah. working each other's acts like it's fucking that I'm sounds incredible holy fuck yeah dude that sounds so good oh my god yeah because it's like it real that that is that takes away the the only even partially negative thing you could say about stand-up is that sometimes it's lonely if you were able to go there with a bunch of people that you fucking think are hilarious watch them perform but also just like the other thing is like what's podcasting really it's like We've gone pro at hanging out. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, and you just get the people that are the best at hanging out and just like fucking, cr- oh, that sounds like a fucking dream, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just listen, getting high on this, a raft. This, this has been an awesome time talking to you. I, I had a blast, a, man. Thank you so much for having me. At one o'clock that no I've sweat. got to drive 15 minutes away to. to. <laughs> I'm fucking, no I literally worries, am dude. on go all day. But man, I, I'm telling you, I, I love, I love Come Town. I think you guys are Thanks, killing bro. it. I love your Instagram, everything about you. I I don't change a thing. And if I can make this thing happen, I'll hit you up so we can get you on the road. I can't wait. I can't wait to fucking see who's going to be more nude on the, on the tour. Can you imagine our (laughs) mashup pictures? Dude, for the, for the Instagram opportunities alone, it's got to happen. Holy shit. If we could just get Bobby Kelly naked once. (laughs) I know. See, he's got, we got to work on his shame because he came to being fat late when it's like, it's like, it's like Bane where it's like, he's Batman. And it's like, I've been, I've been here my whole life. I've been in the dark. I've been in the fat darkness my whole life. You're new to being fat, Bobby. (laughs) <laughs> oh fuck you're the but, best dude thank you thank for doing you, this man i really appreciate you having me on dude yeah no of anytime. course well listen here's the deal when when things loosen up i would love for all you guys to come out when you're in la i have a new podcast studio that we just yeah. started filming at i'd love to I, have you guys out and do like a group podcast that would be tight i think i'm i think i'm actually going to be in la um uh in august at some point so okay i'm here in yeah, august i'll hit you up i'll hit you up please sure, hit me dude. up i would love to have yeah. you in studio hell yeah dude that would rock awesome brother thanks man all right. right. I love you. Thank you for doing this, man. Talk to you soon. Bye. This episode was brought to you by the machine.